0: Hi there, folks. My name is Emily. And I'm Elk. And this is Oh My Word, a podcast where we discuss books, movies, musicals, TV shows, etc. to talk about the content and the appropriateness so that you are a more informed consumer.
1: Right. Right. It's specifically about the content, not necessarily about like, the right. quality of the writing of the book. Because a lot of stuff could be very well done. But, you know, if we're clutching our pearls too much over it, then we want, we want people to know that this is what's in there. Then you decide. Exactly. Am I willing to risk my pearls for this? Right? That's why we have a pearl clutching scale, zero to four, zero being no pearls clutched, four being all the pearls clutched.
0: Correct. And as we know, pearl strands are notoriously delicate. So it's certainly preferable not to have to clutch one's pearls in aghastment in 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 something. That's a word now, I've just coined it. At the sexual, violent, language, whatever sort of stuff that seems to be quite pervasive and pervasive in young adult genre, which is not all we talk about, but is definitely our focus. And it's a little bit shocking how inappropriate some or a lot of uh, young adult Media is just just riddled with sexual things and bad language and and violence and and the, so that's why we clutch our pearls, and that's why we tell you ahead of time because we care about your pearls that are probably an heirloom from your grandmother that you don't want to ruin. So we can tell you before you read or watch something, and then if you hear that you would have to clutch too many pearls, then you can safely keep that family heirloom in the jewelry box and not worry about it breaking. Okay.
1: I'm going to butt in a little bit on this because you just set up, oh. you, you partially just set up a segue
0: that you didn't realize I you actually did. noticed it. Oh, you did didn't, notice okay. it? Well, I noticed I might have been a segue, but why don't you tell me your segue? Because I was going to say clutching pearls might seem like something archaic or in the past. Oh, I was just going, well, I was talking about an heirloom, so I was also going to connect it to... The past. So I think we're both on the same page of connecting to the past, which is what we're doing today, which is a little bit of a special episode because we're not talking about a specific book or movie today. We're actually talking about an authoress, Anne Rinaldi, who passed away recently, um, July of this year, but she was very well known for writing American historical fiction for young people specifically, right? Young adult or even maybe middle grade American historical fiction, and we thought it would be nice to talk about her and her books and historical fiction in general because she was she was someone you know in the young adult novel world she was a meaningful person. So we're just uh, paying a little tribute to her today.
1: Yes, especially because growing up, I um, this, I grew up before Twilight a little bit, <laughs> not entirely, but. T- so it was before the young adult genre like totally exploded. Um, mm-hmm. So young adult, there was there was almost so much of it. But the bigger thing is that I was I grew up with historical fiction. That was always my preferred genre, even though now and young adult is much more full of fantasy, a little bit sci fi and contemporary. Much it's much are the dominating genres right now. And I really wish historical fiction. I want historical fiction to make a comeback. So. But I grew up, Anne Rinaldi, when I would go to the library, I would always look for her name. Always see if there was a new book out mm. from her. I um, would see if they got another one of the books I was waiting for from her. She was, and, and it's funny, because even with her, she was, a, I think a journalist also, she wrote columns and things like that. She got into uh, to writing historical fiction, specifically American historical fiction, because of her kids. Her kids were, like, really into it. Like, going to reenactments and, and things like that. So she decided, okay, she got into it because of that. She was like, okay, I'm going to write about this. And a publisher, her publishers told her no one wants to read historical fiction. And she, mm. she kept going and obviously she found someone to publish her. She's got a bunch of books out and she is considered like one of the big names of, for, for young readers, you know, American historical fiction. She's, she's got it. So it's, I mean, good for, I'm glad she succeeded that she found the publisher. And I wish other
0: publishers would just listen <laughs> because I want there to be more historical fiction out there because I love historical fiction. I do too. I, I didn't think about it until you said it just now that that was the mainstay maybe of young adult or what would have been considered young adult fiction, but I read a ton of historical fiction from like fifth to tenth grade or something. that was my favorite and actually in high school too, but then there I just read adult historical fiction because that's what there was, but yeah, yeah, I love that,
1: yeah, and I think it's it's really good I and mean, like every every sort of fiction does something good you know for the reader. But specifically, mm-hmm. historical fiction is such a good way to open up young readers to to like the big to the size of the world and to the past. Yeah, it doesn't necessarily have to be like oh, we're gonna preach you right now. It has to be like hey, this happened, this happened, and then that reader can then go, you know, hopefully you get them interested enough they can go and discover that world for themselves, right? So mm-hmm. that's also, and we want them to do that because you know there's never enough time in school, and there's never enough time to teach everything, and the world's very big, and every year there's more to learn and more that passes, and more that happened and knowing the past and knowing about these other worlds is so is so important. So sure you could do that through fantasy, you do a lot of world building, there's a lot of, you know, you show different characters, you could do that through sci-fi and all these things, but there is something about historical fiction that that accomplishes it i think in a much better way than other genres.
0: Right. Well, it's introducing people to something real. Like fantasy can do a really good job of, you know, maybe bringing in a theme or a topic that's relevant but historical fiction you know is bringing in like actual history so it might teach you a little bit about how did people live in a different time or how did they live in a different place or what sort of issues were you know did people have to deal with what were kids how I always liked learning about what kids had to do you know yeah. what was it like being a 13 year old in 1850 or 1750 versus being a kid in the 90s or the 2000s
1: yeah that actually references two episodes we've done before. So look at that! Shout out to our other episodes. Last episode we spoke about authors doing like authors doing research and stuff like that, which is important. Mm. But if you remember, we spoke about the end with an e series, and part of what mm-hmm. we didn't love about the Netflix adaptation of the Anne of Green Gable series was not whether or not it was a good, you know, it wasn't whether or not it was it was a quality, you know, because you had some great acting in it, and you know that wasn't the the thing. The thing was that they were taking a lot of 21st century issues. I'm putting it into that 1900 setting, which we didn't love because it wasn't going on then. Right. So that was kind of like inaccurate. So that goes against like this, that writing historical fiction, the point is to see like, oh, that's what they dealt with in those days. Like, oh, that's what, that's how they lived. That's what they had or didn't have. It it should give us a lot of appreciation for the times we live in. First of all, because we have real toothbrushes. (laughs) Obviously.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Real toothbrushes, and we weren't hauling water back from a river to the house to warm it up for our once weekly bath.
1: Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's so true. Yeah. Yeah. Because they did. They didn't believe. Part of it was just you know you didn't have indoor plumbing for bathing, but there were people who believed that you didn't want to wash off your like natural like, you know, your natural oils, which I guess people are still like this today. But like your natural oils are so important, so that's why we bathe. We specifically bathe infrequently, and that's just you didn't have deodorant and soaps to hide. Right. I guess they and did they have, have some soaps to hide the smell, but like, no, you didn't hide the smell. Like that's the one thing, right. like they show you Versailles, but they never, they never show you Versailles in forty <laughs> because they <laughs> need to actually smell it. And no one wants to smell what Versailles smelled like. So, no.
0: Yeah. Well, his just history in general is so important to learn, but historical fiction, it's sort of like re- reading biographies, some they say, whoever they are, but you know, they say that reading biographies can be a really good way of learning history because it's helpful because you're learning about one person's story, but you still get to see the context of, you know, whether it's like World War One or the Middle Ages or whenever it is, you get to see it from one person's perspective, which is what historical fiction does, instead of just being a textbook of history, it's it's so much easier to get involved in a narrative. Yeah. But while you're involved in this narrative, whether it's a I mean, sometimes, you know, it's just a historical fiction romance or some of her historical fiction. Uh, the only one of Anne Rinaldi's I think that I read uh was Numbering All the Bones, which was set in the Civil War. So the characters are dealing with issues, whether or not they're based on true events specifically. They're dealing with issues that are, that could have happened and probably did happen, you know, to other people. So you're dealing with their specific emotions and their family relationships and their thoughts, but at the same time you get to see the context and the world. And and then, yeah, if you're interested, you go off and you do a little bit more research and you might find, like, I was really into the Civil War and the American Revolution. Those were time periods that were very interesting to me, Um even though I read some Dear America books that were set in, you know, like, early 20th century that just didn't interest me as much. You know, different eras will interest different people, but it's good to at least read and see What sparks your interest?
1: Yeah. And for the most part, so even though a lot of her books, especially because it's American history, they take place in wartime, Civil War, the American Revolution, um, there's a lot of other times that she covers. So there Mm -hmm. is, you know, there is the war violence that's in it, but it's not usually graphic. It's not usually overdone. And most Mm -hmm. of her books, most of her books have some sort of lead female character who ends up being a strong female character, you know, did her part to make something happen, the language is is almost entirely clean. She doesn't take advantage and like bring words in. You know, maybe in those days they shouldn't have said sort of things, but she does keep the language is pretty clean, the romance, even there a lot of her books have a lot of romance in them, but it's usually pretty light, like it doesn't get overly descriptive. So that's also her books are, are pretty pretty clean, pretty relatively clean. The one book of hers that I read, I, I didn't read it when it I didn't read it when it first came out. I read it recently now once I saw because once once I saw the news that she had passed away, I was like, oh, no, I got to go back, you know, have the mm-hmm. memorial reading, you know, for her. And there's one book that's called, um, it's called Brooklyn Rose. That's about, she kind of based it on her grandparents, who she didn't totally know, because I think her mom passed away when she was young and her dad remarried, so they didn't have much to do with, with, with that family. But it was about, so the grandmother character who, at 15, was married to like a 30-year-old, which... that's like turn of the century 1900s. And so that's Mm -hmm. like a pretty big thing. The only only thing though, so she keeps it, it's kept very clean, the book, even though they're married and whatever, but it ends like abruptly. It like ends in the middle of nowhere. It's just like, oh, we Mm -hmm. have to work on things. And then like, okay. And then it's just like done. And you're like, what? (laughs) So what happened after that? That was kind of like from all of her books. That was a little bit like that I've read. That was the only one that was kind of like, does this have an end? I don't know that this ends. It seemed like a very short book that was just like abruptly cut off. Her other books, though, are not necessarily like that. So uh, the other books, but it's also you could tell that she's writing also from a different time. From the, I don't know if there's a way to describe it. But when you're reading it, you're like, oh, she's someone who's writing in the '90s, even though she has mm. she started in the '80s and she has a lot of her books published in the 2000s because she she kept writing. She has a lot, a lot of books, but you can tell mm-hmm. her style of writing is a little bit different. Part of it, the cleanness, the cleanness, the cleanliness of it. Part of the cleanness of it, and part of it's just the. Uh, I don't explain it, but, like, the writing approach is, like, a little bit different. Um, it's not opaque or anything. It's not like, what is what are the doth on the woth words? Like, where are these words coming in? Mm-hmm. But it was interesting, because when I went back to it, I was like, oh, like, we have different writing styles today. Like, it's it kind of, it's changed a little bit. It was just, like, an interesting, that was my historical study <laughs> in, in reading it. Like, oh, yeah, like, she writes, like, her writing is not, it's it's different. Mm-hmm. That's all. I mean, but she's a good writer, and I'm, I'm so, and yay, historical fiction, you know, I'm so glad that she... I'm so glad you brought me into that, that that she brought all these worlds to us, I should say.
0: Well, it's so great because when you're a student, if there wasn't historical fiction to read, you would only be learning history from a textbook and it would be so boring and so dry. So it's good to have books. I mean, like I said, from her numbering all the bones, but I remember like my brother Sam is dead and Roll of Thunder, Hear My Cry. You know, that's a way of getting into it without just having to sit with a textbook all day. And when you're in sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, 10th grade, it's nice to not have to just have a textbook all the time.
1: Yeah. And also, as an adult, like I still want to know about these things, but I don't necessarily have have time to go find it all out myself. So, if I read it from a book, I'll be like, oh yeah, that's something I want to look more into. Right? Mm Because you have the whole world before you. So, like, where do you start from? So, sometimes you know, and sometimes you don't. And also, I just like historical fiction. So, I want there to be more historical
0: fiction. Yes. Well, maybe we need to get cracking on that ourselves. Uh... The history... Of Oh My Word podcast. Oh, we should do something. You
1: know, we should should do reenactments. We'll figure out which reenactments we'll do. We should figure out reenactments.
0: Okay. I like that idea. I think I'll reenact um, when Cinderella's dress turned in. (sighs) Because that was, what, around 1830? I mean, that's history, right?
1: You know what? I I feel like we're going to have an argument about this. So, I mean, a discussion. I mean, a intellectual debate, a historical debate about this. So,
0: well, I'm ready for that. So thank you all so much for listening and we'll catch you next time. Cheers, everyone. (laughs) We hope you enjoyed this week's episode of Oh My Word podcast. Make sure you are subscribed so you always get the latest episode and please leave us a rating and a review and please share the show with your friends. Also, follow us on Instagram at Oh My Word podcast. There we post episode updates, our ratings for each book, and also our personal reading recommendations. Music for the show is by Tim Burke. Editor is Emily Yaffe. We'll see you next week.